one brain cell. We're recording live from a lake in Japan where we're attempting to exercise the clicking demon from last episode. I'm Teresa, and I keep a sickle on my door to protect me from the filthy capitalists. <laughs> and I'm, why do birds keep flying into my window? Star! <laughs> <laughs> All right, this week, we if you couldn't tell from that descriptive opening, we are talking about Noroi the... I almost said Noroi the Cruise, which is what you said last week. <laughs> no, it is Noroi the Curse, or also just Noroi in Japanese, because Noroi means curse. I did some research this week. Wow, now you'll be the big brain. <laughs> I don't know, I'm still only operating with our one shared brain cell, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, so you have the brain cell this episode. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so had you seen or and or heard of this film before, T-Bone? No, I have not. Ah, I'm very excited. I watched this um, probably earlier this year for the first time. And I will admit, the first time I watched this, I took a nap in the middle. And this time, I kept getting interrupted while watching it. Because, like last week, this movie is also two hours long. Did you watch it in one sitting? Yeah, actually, I watched the first 30 minutes, and then I was like, my friend would probably enjoy this. So I went over to my roommate's room and was like, would you like to watch this with me? And then I rewatched the first 30 minutes. So technically, I spent two and a half hours watching this. <laughs> Nice! Did your roommate like it? Yeah, he did a lot, actually. Yeah, I think this movie's definitely really interesting. It came out in 2005, and it is directed by Koji Shirashi. And I looked at a few of his other ones. I mean, we watched this on Shudder, and so they're definitely hyping the other movie of his that they have on there, which is Sadako versus Kayako. <laughs> and then he also worked on Paranormal Activity, the Japanese version. Excuse me? <laughs> that's just this, that's just, I, I actually really, for some scenes of this movie, I literally had to look up which came first. Yeah, and, and which did come first? I was curious. This did. Noroi, Noroi came first. And there's this, like, there's, there's that similarity is in this movie. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, the One of the first movies that stood out to me that this director also did is he did uh, one of the grotesque movies, which I believe it's not part of the guinea pig series, but it's similar. Do you know about that? Uh, no, I don't know about that. I like to research really fucked up horror every now and then i don't watch it i just read about it it's um it's just it's what a lot of people think that saw and hostile are where they are like oh it's just torture porn and it's like oh no 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 this is just torture porn because all of these their descriptions are like one sentence and it's just a doctor kidnaps a young couple and forces them into a game of torment that slowly extinguishes their hope for survival that's it. Whole movie. Boom. <laughs> this movie, like last week's, also opens up with a quote of a, by a character in this movie. Would you like to read the quote, Teresa? All right. So, no matter how terrifying, I want the truth. And who said that? Could it be our main character? It is our main man, Kobayashi. 
Kobayashi Masafumi. I'm excited to talk about this one because this is a movie where I know a few people who have seen it, but I've never been able to, like, have a long, drawn-out conversation (laughs) about it because I, I just, I have so many thoughts. So, we start out, we're introduced to our main man, Masafumi Kobayashi, who is what Zach Baggins wishes he was, and... (laughs) He's just, like, this very unassuming-looking, like, kind of stocky Japanese middle-aged man, and who everyone immediately trusts. Um, but he- the way he looks, I would trust him, too, don't you think? Yeah, I think he's, like, an established journalist as well. I feel like that, like, Mm -hmm. this is just what he does, so I think people are pretty, like, maybe they know who he is a little bit. At least that was my assumption. Yeah, some of the people he interviewed definitely seemed like they knew who he was previously. So we start out, I believe, he's going to a woman with a young girl's house, and they're talking about their creepy next-door neighbor, who is just one middle-aged woman and her son. No one seems to be able to agree on the age of the son. They said um, anywhere from six to nine years old. And... The audio, when they leave, they record. It says, when the audio gets tested later, that it's more than five baby voices. And... Super specific. Yeah, and but I love the sound editor a lot because he's like, you see, it kind of sounds like an animal, but it does not have the sound patterns of a nya. So it's not a cat. And I was like, I love you. Thank you so much. And then he was like, it's more than five baby voices. I was like, I need whatever sound editing technology you have, sir. <laughs> yeah. And on their way out, they see the little boy in the window. And... This movie is does what modern day YouTube conspiracy theory videos do, and that they'll they're like, did you catch that? We'll go back and slow it down for you, and pause, and maybe sometimes put a circle around it. Yeah, I was like kind of low key waiting for that like circle and zoom. I love like in the beginning when they're introducing like, oh I guess um, oh wait this is later. I don't want to spoil the story. Okay. Continue on your... Alright, so... But afterwards, we're quickly told that the mother and daughter die. Like, a few days after um, our main man, Kobayashi, went to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, are they not going to explain it? Are they just going to be like, the curse? No, a- apparently the curse calls them to have a car accident, which is very sad. And then they go back to examine the house that the little boy was at, and it's surrounded by garbage. She has left with the sun, and we get our first zoom-in on dead pigeons. Yeah, but I, okay, this is what I was going to say was, um, I loved, I loved the zoom-ins on everything, like, when she, when they're like, oh, like, she, the little girl is saying, bye, and then it just stops and then zooms in they died five days later <laughs> yes. oh my god it just... that was so fucked up <laughs> i was like this, well, this comedic timing is a little too good there's there's a few things that people have complained about that where this movie does a real good job of 
it's found footage, so everyone has to act like they're not actors. Mm-hmm. But there's there, there's one character that takes it a little over the top later. I think you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, so now we cut to the variety program! Yeah. <laughs> with the psychic, yeah, with the psychic children, remember? Yes, yes, yes. I, li- I really like how they include, like, the variety programs in this. Yeah, I think this is a really good... Because there is background music and then dramatic zooms. It's not... It's not like Blair Witch or um, Grave Encounters. It's a mockumentary. Yeah, exactly. It's more mockumentary. It's more kind of like the Poughkeepsie tapes, if you've seen that. But not... I'd say this is a better film. It definitely has better acting in Mm -hmm. it. And way better produced um, actual television segments. It has the graphics, and it even has that thing that you see a lot in Japanese game shows where they'll have in the corner, like, celebrities or comedians who give their commentary on what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want to discuss what we're doing, what they're doing on the program? Oh, uh, yes. So they are testing um, children and their uh, psychic abilities. Yeah. And then there's Kana, who is mm-hmm. big, strong psychic. The only one there. <laughs> it's like a room of maybe ten kids and only one of them is getting... Yeah. The test is they have canisters, like little film canisters with drawings put in, and they have to use their psychic powers to draw what they see in there. And she's the only one getting it right. Yeah, until the end where she draws a demon face. Should we say the name of the demon now, or should we wait till the reveal? We can just call it... We can call it the Neroy face for now. The Neroy face. That's what I call it sometimes in my notes. <laughs> That's like the iconic symbol from this film, if you know anything about it. It's the mask with one smaller eye, one bigger eye, and a long nose and a kind of frowny face. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a cute, cute character. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll hear more about that later, because this face does not go away. And now we go to another television program with the Un-Girls? I guess because they're boys? What do you mean? Uh, The two guys. They call themselves the Un-Girls. Oh yeah, I was so confused about that. Their openings kind of inspired me to, for our openings today, because <laughs> one of them, they both had little quippy things. The only one I remember was one of them said, I'm so tall, when I'm a pallbearer, I'm the only one carrying the casket. <laughs> Did you relate to that? Yes, I've, I've had that experience many times, not with caskets, but with me dragging my mom's stuff around. <laughs> Yeah, that's me too, but that's just because I'm strong. <laughs> My mom's always like, no, we'll share the weight. And I'm like, sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, my mom doesn't even pretend. She's just like, get all the bags in my trunk immediately. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> I, Igor, get 
groceries. So, the two ungirls and our other main character, Marika. I keep- it kept autocorrecting to Monica, but no, it's Marika. Yeah, and so they're going out to a shrine, and they're looking- it's- it's basically just kind of, again, comparing it to modern day stuff of the similar ilk. It's basically BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> BuzzFeed Unsolved, but the 2003 Japanese version. Yeah, this was- was this 2003 or was it 2004? Because the film takes- the film- the lore of the film is that the documentary was finished and released in 2005, but Mm -hmm. the filming of it took place um, in 2003 to 2004. Yeah, I would think that this is still 2003, because I think shit starts hitting the fan in January of 2004. Yeah, I think you're right. So they're out at the shrine and Marika has a freak out and it shows that this is previously unshown footage that Marika was given directly from the person, I think, producing the show. And they're examining it. She's sitting on a stage with our main boy, Kobayashi, for a night of true horror stories. Yeah, and so, basically, Marika says, don't you hear the voices? And then she goes on the ground screaming. Yes. And So we're at, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get to Tinfoil Man, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, basically, they're at this discussion. Um, they're on a stage in front of an audience, and they announce that they're going to bring in a real psychic to talk to Marika. And the build-up is pretty intense. They play the music that they also play in Battle Royale, where it goes, do, 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 do. You know that? Yeah, that's what it was from. I was like, why does this sound mm-hmm. so familiar? And my friend and I were like, yes. is, it, is it like Russian music? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it pre-exists, but all I know it from is Battle Royale, (laughs) which is one of my favorite movies and one of the few books I've actually read. (laughs) And we get our main, well, one of our other main men, uh, Tinfoil Man, Hori. I love him. (laughs) Alright, great. they think this was a good idea because Hori pretty much immediately attacks Marika and the show ends. Yeah, and he's screaming about pigeons and ectoplasmic worms. Yeah. I realized um, partway into his performance that the reason why he's always scratching himself is because he's acting as if he is constantly covered in worms. Oh, I thought it was from the tingles, but that makes more sense. I mean, it could be both. He, I went through the comments on Shudder, uh-huh. and a lot of people were talking about, yeah, it's really well acted and really good, but the tinfoil man has me kind of losing belief just because he... I don't know, the first time I watched it, I felt like he was completely auxiliary, but this time I saw he did have more to do, but... 
he's still very over the top and a bit too erratic. Someone put he's a bit too erratic to seem helpful. Mm, yeah, I was confused. Like they when later on when they they're like, we need you to come with us. I was like, why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess because he has the sense and he was able to sense where Kana is. That's true. <laughs> but, okay. But then they leave him on the docks, whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. So now Kobayashi is visiting Kana with her parents, and I don't know if it's now or the other time he goes to visit Kana, but they tell them about how the tinfoil man has been coming around to hang out with Kana, and I'm like, you let this man hang out with your tiny, tiny daughter? Right? I was like, that's a little, um, I wouldn't let any adult man hang out with my tiny, tiny daughter. Let alone ectoplasmic worms tinfoil man. Ectoplasmic worms. He also says he gets messages from space, and I'm like, me too, dog. <laughs> Yeah, that made me wonder if this was going to be, like, an alien story. Mm. But then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I would love... I would love if it was. Oh, I put, what would you do? Because Kobayashi is talking to Kano while she's do drawing or doing her homework, and she just goes guess it's too late for all of us and I'm like the fuck would I do if a kid just nonchalantly said that to me <laughs> I work with kids sometimes and if a kid was just doing one of their art projects and just turns to me and goes guess it's too late for all of us I I don't know I'd be like yeah I'm gonna call your mother right now immediately <laughs> because I I don't feel safe yeah, I I don't. There's a lot of times in the move in this movie where I'm like, they're just way too calm about this girl, poor girl. Basically, at one point, we also see that Kana has a freak out during dinner with her mm -hmm. parents, yeah. where she telepathically pushes a bunch of the plates off the table, and her spoon has broken in half and is spinning, mm -hmm. and her parents carry her away screaming into her room, and then that's where the footage ends. So, and then after this, Kana disappears. Also, later in the movie, there's a news report that Kana's father killed her mom after that. Oh! Wait, no, I do remember that now. Okay, so now we're back to Marika, who has woke up and had tied these cool knots, these little loopy things, with wool in the middle of the night, but doesn't remember doing mm -hmm. it. So, um, Kobayashi and his cameraman set up a camera for her to turn on when she goes to sleep at night, and it records her getting up and kind of paranormal activating, uh, standing and swaying next to her bed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she gets her lamp, and she goes outside, and we don't see what she's doing until they come back the next morning and see that she has tied the loops again, but with the cord of the light. So after going to Marika's apartment, um, they also talk to her upstairs neighbor, who's a co-worker, because there was banging in the video, but 
the upstairs girl says she doesn't hear it. And now they are going back to Tinfoil's man's house, which looks like it was decorated by a hamster. <laughs> because it's just covered in torn up paper and tinfoil. Yeah. I, I really like the, the look of that house. I feel like it's, it's, cool, it's cool set design. Yeah, because he also has writings on all the walls and all the windows. Yeah, and, I, and all the tinfoil everywhere. Yeah, did you like his little aluminum foil tunnel that he sits in <laughs> when they watch the tape later? That's what really made me think of <laughs> He's just a human hamster. Yeah, kind of. Okay, so what does he say to them when they're at his house? Well, they talk about how... Um, how Kana has been taken yes taken away by the worms and which i keep wondering if that's just a weird translation of something cuz i don't know but it might just be worms well cuz by the end he's like you've already been taken away to the worms he says to Kobayashi like at the very very end spoiler um mm-hmm. but and i'm just curious like what that translates to being like who, like, I feel like they, I don't know, who are the worms? I'm very obsessed with the exoplasmic worms. <laughs> My friend said that they're the dead fetuses, but... I was gonna say the same thing. I also thought it was the dead fetuses. So, do you think the dead fetuses are eating her? No, because she's eating them, but then we do... Okay, no, that's later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. So... This is probably the most useful and most psychic he is in the whole movie, mm-hmm. other than when he locates Kana later in the woods, is he... Mm-hmm. Kobayashi has a piece of paper Kana has drawn on. She wrote help, and then she drew this pattern that we see Marika has also drawn, and it shows up. It's another common symbol throughout the movie where it's a circle with a bunch of circles with lines connecting them and that has some kind of importance but so she has the he has his hand on the paper and then with his other hand he has his eyes closed and he's picturing this location which it's a map that Kobayashi I don't know how he deciphers it because it just looks like a bunch of scribbles to me yeah, and Kobayashi deciphers it, and it shows him with a map and going to a bunch of places, and eventually finds an apartment building that matches the description, and it belongs to a guy named Osawa, who doesn't open his door. So Kobayashi talks to his neighbor, who is wearing a pretty dope po- um, pro bowling shirt. <laughs> Did you notice a pro bowling shirt? Yes, because I paused it because I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the neighbor's just like, he's a weird guy, he doesn't really talk to himself, and then they go out and set up a camera on Osawa's balcony, which has a bunch of trash and pigeons on it. (laughs) Again, beware the pigeons. And Osawa eventually comes out and just grabs one of the pigeons and brings it into his apartment. By the neck. (laughs) Oh, it's so awful. 
Yeah, last movie we had uh, horse brutality, and then this movie we have bird brutality. And you love birds, no. right? No! <laughs> I, I hate birds. I, ugh. My middle school actually had glass windows that birds were constantly flying into, and there was, like, a bunch of rocks beneath it, and you always would have to, like, look out for dead birds on the rocks, and I was, like, hashtag triggered. Damn. So I'm sure this movie was very terrifying for you. That's honestly the scariest part to me is the birds. But also now (laughs) I constantly say that birds flying into a window are a bad omen, and I'm like, that's why I'm so cursed. (laughs) Alright, so now after this, Osawa vanishes again. Alright. So they're back at the sound and and uh, this is a hard word. Sound analysis. I did it. <laughs> sound analysis <laughs> again, and this time, the banging, uh, from Marika's recording. They're able to slow it down and separate it, and it sounds like kabuta. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kabuta. And that's the scene that looks like paranormal activity where she's just standing there and swaying. Mm-hmm. And then I have the note, think... I wonder if they saw this movie. Yeah, do you think paranormal activity, like, took some pointers from this movie? I don't know. It's hard to tell because I feel like... That's the only scene that really resembles it? Yeah, but, yeah, and also a found, they're both found footage possession movies, and I feel like mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to avoid overlap completely, so. That's I, fair, yeah. But, I don't know, I feel like if they wanted to do their research, this would be a good movie to watch. Anyone who wants to make a possession found footage movie should definitely watch this. <laughs> and that's when I had to look up, and this movie does predate Paranormal Activity by two years. Yep. And then I put, thank God for Google, and I remember now why I put that is because, wait, is it Kabutaba or Kabutaba? Oh yeah, it's Mm. Kabutaba. I thought it was Kabutaba for a sec. Yeah. So, now he is looking up Kabutaba, but because I guess the internet doesn't super exist yet, he just has, like, a bunch of books and has to call a bunch of people and hope someone yeah. knows about it. Yeah, I was literally yelling at the screen, just Google it. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I wasn't really on the internet that much, excuse me, in the early 2000s, so I don't know how yeah. advanced Google was yet. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it was pretty advanced by then. I know I was playing um, Teletubbies flash <laughs> games back then, so <laughs> I feel like it has to be pretty was pretty advanced at the time. I guess so, but we just see him <laughs> researching. Someone says um, maybe that it. Because I also wasn't really sure what the voice said. It was kind of hard to say. So one of the people was like, oh, well, maybe it was Kamitama, which means God's spirit. But Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like 
the first hint that it's something... I mean, we knew it was supernatural, but that just ties it a bit more into, like, Japanese mythology and religion, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been meaning to look this up. Do you know what ethnological means? Like, maybe the ethnic origin? I'm looking up now. Yeah, it's the study of characteristics of various people and the differences and relationships between them. It's a branch of oh. anthropology. That's cool. So there we go. he eventually gets in contact with an ethnologic eth great <laughs> ethnologist. Yeah. Who has yep. heard of who's the only person because he calls him and he's like uh, Kabutaba? Yeah, I've heard that before. And Kobayashi's like, Finally! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> so, now they're talking about Shimokage Village, which is now at the bottom of a dam, and they had a demon ritual, because they were a town made up of sorcerers, which sounds fucking awesome. Although apparently not because they summoned a demon, but whatever. Um, so the three characters that make up Kagu, I keep putting Kagutaba. Is it Kagutaba or Kabutaba? Mmm, Kabu. No, Kagu. It's Kabu. No, with the G. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> ah! All right, I'm fine. Yes. okay so kagutaba there we go it's the characters that make up disaster tools and spirit so the ethnologist um yes says that kagutaba is a tool that's capable of causing disasters anything any thoughts Spooky tool that causes disasters. <laughs> Alright, great. <Spooky>. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so more about Shimokage Village is that it was a town of sorcerers from the West, and they had what was called the Kagutaba method. So they would have to do a ritual where they would summon Kagutaba to inflict ill will on people. But the probably wouldn't always go their way. And so because of this, the town then had to do a ritual, the demon ritual, where they would seal or ward off the demon. But the town was flooded when a dam was built in 1978. But luckily for Kobayashi, the last ritual was filmed. I see. I don't know. I feel like I'm just, like, recounting the plot at this point. <laughs> this, this movie, it's it's totally 100% different from our movie last week. Absolutely. I feel like we took a huge, like, U-turn with this one. It's very, it's a lot more subtle. It's less, like, it's, it's less, like, almost trying to be scary and just embracing, like, creating its own world and everything. Were you scared at all watching this? Uh, no, actually. And I, I... I was like kind of ex- I was a little nervous at first because I didn't I was nervous about watching it alone because you know I, I'm still fairly new to the horror genre and 
I, I, the last Japanese horror movie I watched was uh, The Audition, oh. and that movie is horrifying. That's, that's a state tuned. So I was very scared going into this one. <laughs> I love, I think Japanese horror is very interesting, and I want to watch more of it, because mm-hmm. I... It's one of those things where, like I said earlier, is I read a lot about it, but I honestly haven't watched that much of it, so I'd mm-hmm. be very interested to hear more about it. And he gets, he watches this film of the ritual from another very kind and very unassuming looking older man who has, like, the cutest, puffiest cheeks. Yeah. So earlier, we found out, he went through the mail and found the name of the woman Oh my god. I feel like we need to start this episode over. <laughs> Fully start over? I don't know, because I just realized we completely left out something important, where in the beginning, when he's talking to the mom and the daughter who then die, he does actually knock on the door of the woman next to them where they heard the babies crying from, and she oh, yells at them. yeah, that's right. And she yells at him, she yells, how can you talk to me like that? And then she just yells at him and keeps repeating that phrase and then slams the door in the face. And then he picks up, do you remember what her name is? Bro, you know how bad I am with names. Yeah. Again, I'm like looking for these things very specifically because I've seen it before. Yeah. So he finds- Oh, Ishii. Right, Ishii. Yeah, so he goes, when he went back to the house the second time, he found a piece of her mail that said, Junko Ishii, and the man says, Mr. Ishii was the priest in the video. Mm -hmm. So Junko's dad was the priest performing the ritual, and Junko was in a a traditional um, oni mask with a naroi face on it Mm -hmm. and the one horn. And in the ritual, she was playing the demon, but instead of warding off the demon, they think she was possessed because that would be the last time that they ever did the ritual. Yes. Yeah. So they're talking about the beliefs of the town, um, where everyone who moved from the village, the signs to look for is that They'll, they would all have dogs because they used dogs in the rituals, and they would all have sickles hung over their doors to ward off spirits. Yes, sickles to ward off the filthy capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> no, Teresa, that's the sickle you have over your door. That's true. <laughs> all right. Oh, these dogs are so cute. Oh my they god. They all have curly tails. Rip the dogs. Babies. <laughs> no. Where's my dog? Let me look at him. I need eyes on him to make sure he's okay. Rocky. Oh, he's sleeping. Oh, I'm gonna give him a quick pet. These dogs. My dog isn't an Inu or anything, but he has like the similar face shape and the curly tail. And I was just like, no no possessed bitch ever kill my dog for a ritual. I would fucking... I know in a supernatural situation, physical fighting probably wouldn't do any good, but damn it, I'm still gonna try. <laughs> yeah. Truly, um, 
I, I knew the minute they were showing all those dogs, I was like, those dog, dogs are going to die in this movie, aren't they? Yeah, I tried to be like, maybe this time it won't happen. Maybe this time she'll leave them alone. No. <laughs> hmm. So he goes to the houses with dogs and sickles, and he talks to them. And he eventually, a lot of people, like, there's this one guy in a tracksuit who just closes the door and walks away, and I love him. <laughs> He's probably my favorite character. But he does eventually find a woman who says that she was friends with Junko when they were younger before the ritual. Mm -hmm. And I, have, I love how casually the people in this movie talk about possession. It's like, yeah, it's like, and then she got the cancer, but instead of cancer, it's a demon. Yeah, and then she was possessed and she just never was the same again. But she went to med school. Egg. Exactly. She made it through nursing school and got a job all while being possessed by a demon. I could barely get through art school not possessed by a demon. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the demon helped. Maybe the demon would be like, the answer is blood. <laughs> you have to know all these bones, let me list them off for you. <laughs> yeah, who knows, maybe the demon helped. Yeah. But, so, the lady tells him about the clinic she got the job at, and Kobayashi tracks down a woman who worked there with Junko, and I just, so, now we're gonna be talking about abortions quite a bit, and I just want to put out a trigger warning for anyone, if that's upsetting them. Also, this podcast is pro-choice. Whatever you gotta do for you and your body, that's up to you. Yes. And you shouldn't let anyone else decide that for you. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Alright, so the clinic did abortions and they say um, they would perform illegal abortions into 22 weeks of pregnancy, which at that point... It isn't just an embryo anymore. It mm -hmm. actually is, like... I, I looked up what happens in 22 weeks of pregnancy, and you can't lie on your back because I think it said that your uterus might crush the baby. What? I don't know, but all I know is I never want to be pregnant because if I can't lie on my back... Mm, because of you. No, I just, no pregnancy for me, well, please. I only sleep on my stomach, so can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how fast do you want to suffocate this baby? <laughs> oh, God. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, alright. So, there was a rumor. Could you imagine if this was a rumor going around your workplace? There was a rumor that Junko would take the aborted fetuses home with her. Yeah. Can you what? imagine how she smuggled them out? Ugh. Like, what did she just fucking put them in her coat pocket? I'm just... Put them in a plastic bag? I don't know. I don't want to think about it. But also just the fact that, again, people talk very casually about very disturbing things. Like, the lady... And during the interview, she's just holding her own baby. Her own alive yeah, physical that's baby. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Yeah, and she's just like, yeah, um, there was just, like, a rumor that Junko would bring the fetuses home with her. We don't know what she did with them. 
Why does it matter what she did with them? She shouldn't be bringing them home in the first place. I feel like if that was a rumor going around, they would have fired her pretty quickly or, like, questioned her about it. Maybe they did. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they never talk about her getting fired. I'm pretty sure she was still employed at this place. (laughs) She probably left on her own accord. I mean, she's a demon. What you gonna tell her what to do? Well, she's not a demon. She's just possessed. I'm sorry. Let me not be rude. Yeah. Louise. <laughs> I I know we're all tired of demon discrimination. <laughs> demons are people too. Demons are in people, but are <laughs> demons people? That has yet to be decided. All right, so now we're at it's a little bit of home video footage of Marika is staying with Kobayashi's wife. Um, Keiko, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. because her colleague above her killed herself in a group suicide in a park. Yes, also trigger warning suicide. Yeah, um, Osawa was also there, so that's gonna cause them to go back to his apartment, where they find out Junko was his neighbor previously, and they would always argue about her babies being too loud and the neighbor was like but she never had babies so i guess maybe the fetuses were still alive i don't know i thought it was like the ghost the the fetus fetus. ghosts yeah it might be the fetus ghosts yeah but marika makes them lunch and i don't know i'd eat it it was uh pasta and potato salad it looked pretty good oh yep word (laughs) i didn't Bolognese. Yep. I love spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> oh, and then she starts doing um, kind of like the Juon moaning where she goes, oh. Yes. She turns and again, like at night, she's swaying. And then the birds fly into the window again. Here they come. Beware the pigeons. I mean, he they they really set that up in Act One, and they do not stop with the pigeons until the very end. It's true. You know, I used to be afraid of pigeons back in the day. Why'd you stop? They're still <laughs> full of disease. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I was afraid of them. It was like when swine flu was a thing, and I was like, if I walk past this bird, I will get swine flu. <laughs> My mom probably like. One one time when I was a kid said birds are covered with disease and now I look at birds and I'm just like, you have every disease known to man. <laughs> if I even get close to this bird, I will get the bubonic plague. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I don't I don't fucks with them. I will never touch a bird of my own volition. Well, to be fair, technically pigeons are flying rats, so. Exactly. Remember when we learned rats could swim? Game changer. Game changer. Because we lived in Baltimore, Rat City, baby. Did I ever tell you about the time I was walking to League of Legends Club at 10 at night? (laughs) And I was passing by the printmaking building. And I I just looked down and out of the ivy crawls this football sized creature. And then scurries away, and I'm just like, that was a football-sized rat. (laughs) 
doesn't need to know how to swim. He's his own flotation device. Delicious. <laughs> no! Don't eat it! <laughs> Alright, so what happens next? Marika thinks she is the next to die, so she wants to go to the dam and try to perform the ritual. So they go back to the village. Um, they bring Tinfoil Man with them for reasons. I don't know. I felt like he was kind of unnecessary, but obviously he's to find uh, Kana later. But I was like, yeah. you're not even going to take him on the water with you? What is happening? <laughs> Why is he there? I, I, would not get a, I would not get a boat with that man. He would overturn it. I guess that's true. He would He would literally just like be like worms and then flip the boat over. And that's the last thing you want is to be in Demon Lake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also throughout the whole movie, Hori, aka Tinfoil Man, is going, Kana, Kana, in this creepy high-pitched voice because he, because they're both psychics, they seem to have a connection, but that, that was one of the creepier parts to me. I don't like when grown people do baby voices, that always freaks me out. Oh, does it? Does it freak you out? (laughs) (laughs) One of these days. (laughs) Alright, so they're back at the village and bad news, the dogs are gone. Yeah, all the dogs are dead. We don't know that they're dead yet, Teresa. They're just gone at this point. Okay, well, it's pretty obvious that they're dead. <sighs> maybe maybe they're all sleeping. You don't know. <laughs> You're right. Maybe okay. they all went to perform. You see, I thought at this time, like, also trying to be hopeful that they're not dead. So I was like, maybe everyone is away performing another ritual to try and banish the demon away because after Kobayashi came by they're like hmm things are going bad maybe we should perform the ritual again but no yeah I mean not only are the dogs missing you don't really see any other townspeople either we don't really know they might just be hiding inside though no I I also I thought they would I thought they also died but maybe that's just me being everyone's dead (laughs) it's it's too late for them now. <laughs> yeah, but this is where, like, some of the sound design's really good, because uh, the first time they go to the village, it's just constant dogs barking, which I had to make sure I had my headphones on because I didn't want my dog freaking out. Mm-hmm. But the next time they go, it's silent, and the just the difference is very unnerving. Yeah. Something I noticed was, um, I didn't notice, like, that much music at all until around this part of the movie. And I was like, was there Mm -hmm. music at all in this movie? Mm -hmm. I had a similar experience, yeah. I thought that was pretty impressive that they still, like, created a lot of atmosphere without, like, having intrusive sound design. I guess. Yeah, I think it's also good that they set up that this is um, a documentary series Mm -hmm. so that 
we can kind of just accept the fact that there's some added music. Alright, they're at the Shikami Dam, and they're on a boat, so it is now officially Neroi the Cruise. The cruise, the cruise. Hello, 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 I guess so. Uh, even though I called a rowboat a cruise just so I could make that joke. So they're in... Kobayashi and Marika are in the cruise. And we saw earlier... Not in the cruise, it's a rowboat. Oh. It's a cruise now. You See, look, now the brain cell is split between the two of us. And now we both only have half a brain cell. How are we going to finish this? <laughs> We're almost done. It's okay. <laughs> we can do it. No, we're not. I have so many more notes. <laughs> okay. So earlier we saw, so they have this white sheet with knots in it that they put between them and you cut it with a sickle and then you bow once, clap four times and then bow again. And this is a distinctive bow only to this town. And... Monica, not Monica, her name is Mari. I think I have a hard time pronouncing R's. So Mari, Mari, Marika, Marika. Yeah. I can't say anything. Okay. So at this point, I have um, a lot of questions. Do you think the ritual worked or do you think like with Junko, now the demon is inside Marika? Well... I thought that at first, but yeah. we, as we later find out, it's not the case. Do we? I guess, but Hori is with the camera guy, and yes. he starts yelling at them to come back, mm-hmm. and that they need to get off the mountain immediately, mm-hmm. but then... He says he sees Kana and rushes into the woods. Yes. With Kobayashi picking up his own camera and following him. So, Marika and the cameraman are in the car, and the cameraman's just like, Yeah, no, well, let's just leave them on the mountain. I'll come back for them later. Um, and the camera is on Marika in the backseat, and she starts doing the Juwon groaning again. She starts freaking out in the backseat. Yeah, and this was when I thought, oh, now the demon has gone into her for sure. Yeah, I yeah, me too. But I think I think it's just that she's uh she's just still possessed and I feel like it was a placebo doing the ritual. But that's that's just my hmm. thinking. Well, now Hori and Kobayashi are running through the woods. And a bunch of dead dogs. Yep. All the poor good boys. <laughs> yeah, and there's... I forget what they call it, but it's... There's a string hanging between two trees with a bunch of feathers and pigeon parts. Yeah. That was nuts. The little, like, feet. 
you see, yeah, and there's more of them later. Um, and so, at this point, it's cutting back between Kobayashi and with Hori and then Marika. And so, now Marika has also gotten out of the car and is running in the woods. Now, back to Kobayashi, they stumble upon an ancient shrine um, with a stone in it that has the circle and line marks from later which I guess is how that ties in but it doesn't I'm not really sure what it means but it's there and then you hear babies crying and then this is probably another one of the most iconic things of this movie is you hear Hori screaming and the camera pans over to him and you see a figure which you can only really assume is Kana Covered in fetuses. Covered in so many fetuses. When I first saw it, I was so confused. I couldn't really tell what they are. It's like, it, are those yeah. the worms? I'm very obsessed by these worms. Yeah, and then it's a, a bunch of babies yelling, but also like a bunch of squishing sound effects. Yes. Crying. Was there, could we hear the crying babies? Yeah, they were crying. Oh. They were crying and they were squishing. Mm. And some of them were on her and then others were just like on a pile on the ground around them. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is the one of the only effects one of the only CGI effects in this movie besides the demon face later. Yeah. That also could have been a mask though. I don't know. It looks pretty CG in my opinion. Yeah, it might be. The benefit of... And this also makes it hard for some people to watch this movie is that because it is VHS and it's all Mm handheld found footage or grainy TV footage Mm -hmm. is that everything's very pixely and then sometimes they utilize the glitches in the audio to show you shots of, like, the Neroi face and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know, have you heard of the, the indie, like, RPG game called Ao Oni? Ao Oni? Yeah. Uh, let me look it up. Why do you ask? Because I feel like the face looks quite similar to, like, the face in this game. And I wonder if they, like, took a little inspiration from that. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it now, and you're right. Um, this came out in 2004, too, Teresa. <gasps> it all lines up. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? All right. Hmm, now I'm curious. Hmm. 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 There's also a film based on this, apparently. What? Oh, oh, oh it does not look... Oh, it does not look... <laughs> Wait. Now, now maybe that's... Is that a stay tuned? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe. Well, <laughs> we'll put it on the list. This this, this purple motherfucker. Um, Alright. I did say I wanted to do more Japanese horror, so, you know? <laughs> oh my god, he looks so weird for the film. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, back on track. Can I go back on track after seeing that? I don't know. I think I'm changed forever. <laughs> All right. 
So she's covered in the baby fetuses. And then all of a sudden, they're, her and the fetuses are gone, but Hori is still freaking out. And then parallel, Marika is also screaming, but then she comes to... And I was wondering, so she's in the woods, she's freaking out, she's on the ground, she has no memory of what happened, and the cameraman is just on top of her. What would you assume was happening? Oh, yeah. She she takes the whole situation very calmly. She's in the middle of the forest. Yeah. I would, you would be a little disoriented. He's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> she... And that's where I'm like, oh, yeah, she's possessed. She's still possessed. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, Marika honestly takes pretty much all of this in stride. She acts a lot calmer. Oh my god. I forgot. Another thing we forgot to mention is that, so, the film at the night of Real Scary Stories was apparently not the complete film. Um... There was another part of it edited out where when Marika hears the voice, uh, and she says the voice also sounded like the groaning Kabutaba voice from her room, they pan and there's a man standing behind her in the shot. And then that's also where you see the <laughs> conspiracy theory slow down zoom in. Yes. That man doesn't come back, but that was just another spooky element that I felt like we should include. I feel like there's there's so many like there's so many little um, there's so many just little snippets that we see that it's so easily like forgotten. <laughs> yeah, this movie is a slow build, but it does maintain atmosphere the whole time. Yeah, I mean it's it is like it didn't feel long like. That Rob Zombie Halloween, that felt long. I feel like I was pretty engaged throughout the whole thing, surprisingly. Yeah, same. Besides you falling asleep. That was the first time I watched <laughs> it. And I fall asleep during a lot of movies, even ones I like. Yeah, fair. Remember when I was puking during that, um... Uh... <laughs> American Werewolf in London, I will never forget. <laughs> Because I ended I feel like that's a movie that I need to have someone to, there with me to riff on. But the whole time I'm just like, is Teresa fine? Is she alive? Is she dying? I was literally passed out on the floor in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god. We're classy in this uh, podcast. <laughs> do you want to tell them what we were drinking? Uh, dessert wine and what was it? Was it pizzeria? It must have been. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the giant cans of like limerita mangaritas, but also our old faithful, um, not not sponsored by the way, White Claws. Oh yes, yes. But I swear there was also dessert wine in the mix, which is why I was puking like her my guts out. <laughs> It must have, it was probably just a combination of a bunch of cheap alcohols. Absolutely. <laughs> and American Werewolf in London. <laughs> I feel like you were only next to me for the first <laughs> 10 minutes, and then you were, the whole time I'm just like, should I pause this? Is Teresa 
dead. <laughs> Could you? I was literally thinking, like, what, what is gonna happen if my last? <laughs> Never mind. I was just like, I can't believe Teresa died, and I was just watching American Werewolf in London. Like I was fine. I was just taking a nap, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, it was an intense puke session. It tuckered me out, and then I fell asleep. All right. <laughs> All right. So, much like I thought I would have to do to you, Marika and Hori are taken to a local hospital. <laughs> and now Kobayashi and his cameraman go back to Junko's house, quote, in search of the truth. Ah. And he comes in the house, and it's filled with pigeons! So many pigeons. Fuck that shit. And they're eating a dead dog. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I hate these pigeons. And All my homies hate pigeons. <laughs> All, all the homies pigeons. hate pigeons. Fuck pigeons. <laughs> now I can be like, you see pigeons? They're in league with Kabutaba. I they're f- evil. I feel like we're gonna, like, alienate a lot of people by saying we fucking hate pigeons. <laughs> Do people... Oh, yeah, some people do like pigeons. You know what? Fuck you. This is an anti-pigeon podcast. I don't care. <laughs> this is an anti... Write, write in. E- email us at twoghoulsonebraincell at gmail.com. Tell us why we shouldn't be mean to pigeons, you know, okay? And while I'd we're love to it, hear your thoughts. Also adding to the fact that this is an anti-horse podcast, and do not email me <laughs> right. why you love horses because you are incorrect. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna please the bird people. I like penguins. I like penguins. Yeah. But you know why I like penguins? Why? They're barely birds. <laughs> I swear to God, when I watched Alfred Hitchcock the birds the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is all fake, and I thought it was funny. But now if I watched it again, apparently they fucking trap Tippy Hedron in a fucking bird room with real birds. I think I might have a panic attack. Yeah, that, I mean, that wouldn't be fun for anybody. I feel like that would give anybody a, a bird trauma. Birds are demons. <laughs> Alright, stay tuned. <laughs> Alright, oh, so Junko, they go up the first floor, she actually has a really nice kitchen with a very modern, clean fridge, which was surprising. Yes. But that's the only clean part of the house. Then they go to the attic, where Junko has hung herself, and the attic is also covered in the circle line scribbles, and all the pigeon leavings, and also one million Kagutaba masks. Yes. I, that was... Also, very cool set design. Yeah, that whole attic was pretty awesome. I kind of wish we spent a little bit more time in there, but maybe it would have ruined the mystique. And maybe, also, it's a good uh, parallel to the last movie we watched, where Mr. Michael Myers also had a wall covered in masks. I really didn't know where you were going with that, but you know what? Yeah. You're so right. It took you, like, a solid (laughs) second just to be like, what is this bitch even talking about? Alright. Well, we're in the house, and then... (laughs) You really got me there. (laughs) 
All right, so in the attic, there is a boy, the same creepy boy who is looking out the window, and he is standing over Kana's body, whom is dead, and there's also a bunch of pigeons next to her. Like, pigeons, read the fucking room. She is dead. <laughs> a child is dead, pigeons. Some respect, please. They're having a snack. No, they weren't, they weren't on her. They were just next to her, and it's like, come on, guys. They're intending to have a snack. <sighs> they already ate the dog downstairs. <laughs> okay, so again, also, <laughs> also like Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, they call the police themselves, and they show up and they just carry Kana out in a blanket. I don't know. I guess you could do that with small children. I'm not sure. And then they just let Kobayashi adopt this random boy that they found in a dead woman, probably possessed by a demon's house. What? Yep. I feel like I feel like that's not allowed. <laughs> I feel like you can't just do that. <laughs> well, they did it. Dude. After all the evidence and all the shit that fucking Kobayashi has seen, I feel like he would have been like, mm, maybe put make this kid a ward of the government, do some tests on it, see if he's, you know, chill. He's obviously not. He doesn't fucking talk. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, he they're innocent. They're, they later say he, he was just a victim in all this, right? So, you know... They just, I feel like they just believe that he's just a poor kid that witnessed stuff and, you know, a feral child, you know? I guess that is what a normal person would assume. Yeah. <laughs> not a bunch of people who are not interested in children, period, and assume and watch too many horror movies and assume all children are evil. <laughs> A child, he never talked and had a creepy <laughs> face. I feel like he, I mean, but it's also like the tro a trope a lot of times in Japanese horror, like Juon, the fucking creepy kid. I feel like these kids had like the same haircuts too. <laughs> yeah, the creepy. They're like cut. you. Oh, <laughs> I was just, I was like waiting for the kid to meow, like the kid in Juon. <laughs> Alright, so we do we do a little check-in with Marika. She says she's all good. And I realize she had stimples. Marika's a little cutie. Oh, yes. She's a little cutie pants. Yeah, she's really cute. If I, I was looking her up after this, and she, she's so cute. You know she's playing, like, herself in this movie, kind of. Oh shit, really? Yeah, her actual name is Marika. Damn, that's... I like... Th oh yeah, it says right here, Marika Matsumoto as herself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, she's cute. And then we get a And she says she's going back to work. And then we get a clip of her on a TV show. And they... She's just like eating noodles with some guys. And she says the noodles are good, and the one of the guys next to her just like hits her on the head. I'm like, the the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. That, I like went back a few times because it looked hard. <laughs> I was like, 
Marika, you've been through a demon possession. You don't have to let this man slap your head. Yeah, I was like, you're putting up with too much right now. <laughs> that was weird. She has a cute voice, though. She was like, you die. I liked it. She's a... I, you know, I just like when women. <laughs> we find out Hori has been... Sorry, um, total left turn. Hori has been committed to an institution. And... Now, Kobayashi goes back to the man with the cute big cheeks house with all the old information of the old town, and he says he found a scroll which depicts the original um, ceremony to summon Kagutaba, mm -hmm. and in it, it shows how instead of aborted babies, they used baby monkeys, but also still dogs both times, because, you know, dogs are mortal. <laughs> um, and we learned something I kind of forgot about. Um, Kana was apparently fed aborted babies. Yeah, I don't, I didn't really, I do you think she was really fed them, or was, like... Well, because it says that so, Junko needed a medium, so she probably saw the TV thing and took Kana, mm -hmm. and then, but again, the timelines don't super line up because they were reporting the stolen babies before she took Kana. Yes. So they weren't reporting it, they were just discussing it. No one seemed to really make a big deal about it, which is weird. Yeah, and... I feel like, I don't, I thought, I feel like she was actually feeding them to the boy. No, because the demon goes into the boy. He's not the medium. Oh, I see. I like how I'm talking about this as if it makes sense. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Huh? <laughs> oh, is it just because I took screenshots of the scroll? You trust me, dumbass? No. <laughs> also barely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Although, I posted this one screenshot particular, so it's from the scroll, and it's the medium where she has the tri traditional Japanese um, fashion of the plucked back hairstyle mm -hmm. and the thick charcoal eyebrows to the hairline, and she has on these loose pants, no shirt, and just titties out. Who does this remind you of? You. <laughs> I, when they panned over and it was just a large woman with eating a well she's eating a bunch of dead animals which is not cool but just this woman with like food technically food it's her food all over her mouth just shirtless and boobs out I was like y'all didn't have to call me out like this <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'm glad. I, I knew you'd get a chuckle from that if I <laughs> that screenshot. I'm so glad I get to see you represented represented in India. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> I feel like I always see myself in the most unfortunate ways. This the scroll though, I it, it's very cool. It looks they did a great job on the art design. I mean, I don't know if this was pre existing. If it was, that's dope. Or, but even cooler would be if someone made this for this movie, because it's, it really does look 
like a traditional scroll and it pretty much just sets up what like we saw in the final act because it's kind of it's still confusing but this clears it up a little bit yeah yeah i i feel like it's they do a pretty good job of grounding this fairly like well in reality Mm-hmm. So all you've all this all the like old anthropology stuff, the film footage and everything from the seventies, all feels super, super authentic and real. Yeah, and they based a lot of it off of. I mean, I'll, I'm not an expert, but I find I really like learning about other religions mm-hmm. and cultures and mythologies, and I find uh, Japanese demons and shrines and stuff very interesting and i feel like they did a, a really good job basing it in pre-existing things like the oni their take on the oni mask with the one horn and how like in japan it's very common to do the claps and the bows and making it their own with this specific set that only this place does and they set up the rules and the traditions so that when he goes to the town, you know what you're looking for. So, I mean, definitely not every loose end is tied, but... I feel like it is. I feel like... Who was the man standing in the woods behind Marika? That's... Well, I thought that... Wasn't that meant to be uh, the, the demon? Maybe? Whispering in her ears... I don't know. I still just... How did she keep all the abortions fresh? Yeah, that, that was my question. Still crying? How did she keep the abortions fresh? I was like, they would have been... I guess you could feed the child rotting babies. I don't think she cared very much. But then how did the neighbors always hear the crying babies? Did they... Were it was the ghosts? The ghosts? Dude. Was it ghosts? Imagine if she was keeping them alive the whole time. And then how I don't know magic, magic, <laughs> demon, demon magic. magic. I don't know. I'm such a I'm such a fuddy duddy when it comes <laughs> to supernatural stuff. I'm I'm looking too much for reasons, which isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And yeah, you have the one brain cell this episode. It's okay. You're really you putting it to work. It's burning out, man. <laughs> it's really burning out. I'm putting it through a lot. Alright, so after learning about the original ritual, we get the Neroi documentary that Kobayashi and his cameraman were making uh, ends with their credits, but then we get shown that to some kind of publishing house or whatever, a camera with a recorded tape in it is sent to it and it shows what happens after because we're told three days after the movie was finished production the Kobayashi house burned down two days after Neroi was completed and Keiko was found in the remains but Kobayashi is missing and then three days after the fire Hori who had previously escaped uh, the institution he was put in was found dead, and they showed the newspaper clippings of that, and he was in found dead in a vent, apparently. Yeah. 
I didn't put a screenshot of that. It was but sad. Because I thought... It, it, it was tasteless, but the way the magazine had it was, like, almost in a comedic way. They were like, man, found dead in vent. See his dead body. I'm like, do magazines do this? What? Yeah, on the front page. I feel like you can't publish dead bodies, but I'm also not super sure. Oh, this is also 2003 in Japan, so who knows? Has time changed that much? It was 2004 or 5 at that point. Oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, in the video sent to the place, they see Hori... Well, first... Ugh, I hate footage of people eating. Basically, uh, Kobayashi is filming their creepy new son eating omu rice with his wife, and they're just asking him... Like, hey, do you remember anything about living with that woman? And he's just like, hmm, munch, munch, <laughs> munch, munch, munch. And I'm like, has he ever said a word? Has he ever said a word? How have you been allowed to have this child? Shouldn't the police have questioned him about this? Anyway, I'm... The brain cell is burning up, T. It's burning. <laughs> it's burning. All because of this one child. Ladies, my blood is boiling. <laughs> They're eating, and then Hori shows up. Literally busts through the door. He busts up. Well, he's standing outside for a bit, <laughs> being real creepy, and he's in his um, institution gown. He breaks out of his um, uh, asylum, insane asylum holding. They, they say it nicely. They say it's an institution. Yeah, they do. Which he, he kind of should have been the whole time. It's kind of amazing he had a house. Yeah, and lived on his own. I he guess has like, no job! I guess, like, he... I guess the things got bad the, cl the closer to the ritual, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I guess he was being interviewed a lot. Maybe he was getting money from interviews. Yeah, probably. Like, he was kind of a public figure a little bit. I suppose. But basically, <laughs> Hori's saying Kabutaba is still alive and it's in the boy. It, it, it is the boy. Mm -hmm. And um, Hori has, he's holding rocks and Kobayashi's like, how, how, how about we put the rocks down? And Hori's like, nope. And he busts in and he threatens the child with the rock. I didn't see him hit him with the rock, but at one point the kid's face is covered in blood. Yes. No, he hits him Which, multiple times pretty hard. Guess I didn't see it. <laughs> I felt like it was pretty intense, but it wasn't shown, obviously, but it was implied intensity. And then at one point, his face is already covered in blood, and then, again, another iconic shot from this movie, his face has transformed into the Kabutaba Neroi face with the... Mm -hmm. Two different eyes and the mouth. Oh, also, Kano's ghost is next to him, which I didn't notice the first time I watched this. Yeah, I, it, it, I almost missed it, too. I was like, wait, there was something mm -hmm. there. I had to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Hori, once again, is doing the Kana, Kana-chan. And her ghost is there. That might also be CGI. She got no feet. She got no feet. She's a spooky ghostie. Mm -hmm. That was spooky. 
after that, Hori then, I, I guess it's assumed Hori is now possessed because he then hits Kobayashi with a rock yeah. and then holds the kid's hand and walks away with him. Yeah, and then so is the wife as well. Yes, the wife is also possessed. And what does she do, Teresa? She sets herself on fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The house catches on fire. And that's how she died. But, so, Kobayashi, I guess, survives this? Because he has to send the footage. I don't know! Because Kobayashi's missing, but according to the film, it seems like he would also be dead in the fire. Yeah, he was dead, but his body was never found. (sighs) But also, he would have had to have sent the footage to the journalists. Uh... Do you do you have thoughts? Do you have a theory? Because honestly, at this, I'm I'm lost. I'm I am out of I'm fresh out of theories at this point. Mm, I would think that he's still alive, but in hiding, perhaps. I don't know. I guess what it do you think he like busted out a window, <laughs> fucking Halloween style? <laughs> maybe or maybe he. I don't know. Then who would have sent the tape? The the demon child? The, de- the demon? <laughs> the demon? I don't know. Here's the other thing with supernatural movies is that when things don't make sense, you can just be like, I don't know, demon? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's supernatural, we don't even fucking know. Yeah, or, or... I don't know what this demon can or cannot do. Yeah. Or, like, also... Wouldn't it have been burnt in the fire if it was, like, if, like, you know what I mean? If he didn't run away with the footage, wouldn't it have been burnt in the fire? So I have... These are great questions, Teresa, here. I'm going to give you the brain cell so you can work this out. (laughs) Like, I'm done. (laughs) I feel like he has to have gotten away to be able to keep the tape intact that he later sent to the... To the journalists. Why didn't he just bring the tape there himself? Because then it's less spooky. (laughs) Less Ah, mysterious. (laughs) ah. Everywhere it says that the ending of this movie is the best part, but I honestly disagree. I think the best part is when they're in the woods. Yeah, that was the most And then when they go into Junko's house. That's what Mm -hmm. I think is the best part. This ending just gives me, I'm like, they should have just said he died. I feel like, but then how would saying that he wasn't find the footage, right? The demon, I don't know. <laughs> the demon. The demon, Kagutaba. <laughs> I just, all right, you know what? Oh, my very last note is then it shows the production companies. And one of them is Xanadu, but it's spelled X-A-N-A-D-E-U-X. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to name my child. Xanadu? Yeah, but spelled like that. Name one Xanadu <laughs> and name one Xanadon't. My children would hate me. This is why I'm not allowed to have kids. <laughs> I just have a dog named after a, a, tele, a movie boxer. Very on brand. I know. <laughs> All right. So, how many brain cells uh, 
would you give Neroi the curse, and who are you giving them to? I would give it, I would give it a solid seven, maybe six, six and a half. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give it higher. All right. Why, why do you have a reason, or is that just what you feel in your heart? It's kind of what I feel in my guts, you know? I feel, I feel Mm -hmm. like I would give it a solid seven. That was my first my, my like what's that I would give it a solid seven that was my initial gut reaction I think mm. like you said there was like like obviously like maybe I'm giving it a low like almost lower score because I was expecting more spooks but mm, yeah I don't know I feel like I feel like it, it did what it wanted to do and accomplished it well but like you said there were some like plot holes that I would like to have explored more like the worms <laughs> mm, yeah what about you what would you rate it i wanted to give this movie a high rating cuz i feel like a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of thought went into it mm-hmm. it's definitely a better and more cohesive movie than last week absolutely um I'm going to give it an 8. Alright. Yeah, because I... Watching this for the second time, it was fun picking up on things I didn't pick up last time Mm -hmm. and looking for things to... I think I understand it a bit more than I did last time, Mm -hmm. but I'm still pretty confused. Um, And I am giving half of my brain cells to Marika and her dimples and the (laughs) other half to the one neighbor in the tracksuit who just closes his door on Kobayashi. (laughs) Well, I'm giving all my brain cells to um, uh, the Tin Man. Tin Man. (laughs) Hori! Tori the Tin Man. I'm giving all my brain cells to Tori. Hori. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. It's like when I kept calling Marika Marika. <laughs> now I'm calling Hori Tori. Yes, I'm giving mm-hmm. all my brain cells to Hori because he needs them. And I'm dedicating this episode to all the dead dogs. R.I.P. babies. <laughs> I like how um, Junko's solution for, like, huh, it's kind of hard to get um, baby monkeys. What's the next best thing? Aborted fetuses? Like, I don't don't know if that's the jump I would make, but I guess humans are like monkeys. Yeah, at first I was like, wait, are they saying that, like, at first I was like, wait, but there were no dead monkeys in this entire movie. (laughs) Wait a minute. <laughs> we are the monkeys. We are monkeys. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder how this movie would have been different if, like, instead of working for an abortion clinic, if she had just volunteered for, like, a monkey preserve, and the rumors were like, we just keep not getting any new monkeys. Every time a monkey that gets pregnant, all of a sudden the baby monkey just disappears. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it'd be a lot harder to get away with at, like, a vet or a, 
monkey reserve or a zoo. <laughs> also, maybe I would understand the complaining neighbors a bit more, because instead of possibly potential fetus ghosts, it's actually like... This bitch just has a bunch of fucking baby monkeys. <laughs> just screaming all night. Yes, and if this if she's waiting to get Kana as her medium, what happens when the monkeys are no longer babies, huh? Yeah. Are you just going to feed her the adult monkey, or are you just going to let the adult monkey go? She probably killed the adult monkey, right? Uh, I don't know. There's too much... It's too much. We're thinking too hard about it. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Uh, no, I'm not gonna lower the score. It's still an eight. It's still a lot of effort. <laughs> no, that it's it pretty good. Like, I feel like yeah, you're right. Like maybe an eight, maybe a seven point five. You're right. Well, with I mean, I feel like the answer is pretty obvious. But would you recommend this movie? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I pulled my friend in to watch to finish it with me, so. Yeah, same. Um, I'm actually curious, did your friend have any, like, thoughts you want to share, or... Oh, man. I'd have to ask him. That's fine. Yeah. It's okay. You you said he did agree with me, though, that he thought the worms were the baby fetuses. Yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, he thought that... He was like, yeah. this movie can't end in a happy ending, so he thought that, um... Uh... Fuck, what's her name? Monica. <laughs> oh, he thought she would get possessed again, or she was still possessed? No, he thought she was gonna die by the end. Oh. See, I don't know. That's another thing I still am thinking about, is that I feel like Marika still has a little bit of Kagutaba in her. Yeah, I feel like she got away up. a little too scot-free. I feel like she, part of me at one point was thinking, oh, she's going to be the new Junko. She's, now she's going to be the one who has to do the ritual to resummon Kagutaba. But mm -hmm. I guess Kagutaba is still around because he's in that kid and we don't know what ha where that kid went. Yeah, I mean, he's just straight chilling in a child. <sighs> I need to stop thinking about this movie. <laughs> All right, uh... Well, that's all my final thoughts, pretty much. Anything else? Um, I just wish we could have seen the worms. I just, I know they were the babies, but something about the worms, man. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe the worms aren't the babies. Maybe they're not. Because why would they be crawling all over the, unless they're the ghost of the babies? I don't know. <laughs> Alright, well, that's our final thought. Are worms babies? Right in. Let us know. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. Yes, and but we have a very exciting announcement. T-Bone, what movie are we doing next week? Oh my god, I don't know what movie we're doing next week. Yes, you do! <laughs> Paris Hilton, you dumb butt. Oh, fuck! Dude, yes! I am so excited. <laughs> What's it called? I don't know what it's called. Teresa, <laughs> <laughs> it's the House of Wax remake with Paris Hilton. Mm. Oh yeah, the House of Wax, right. What? <laughs> yeah, all you heard when I told you about this movie was Paris Hilton, and then you just tuned everything else out, didn't you? Yeah, I was just like, wow, yes, my queen Paris, let's go. 
<laughs> you were just thinking, how fast can I get a juicy couture jumpsuit? Literally. Jumpsuit, rather. My brain went, hmm, how can I be like Paris? <laughs> I show up next week, you're just gonna be like, yeah, that's hot. I'm just explaining the movie, and I'm like, yeah, and then this man died, and you're just like, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> No, I do have a lot of Paris facts to throw out next next week, though. <laughs> next week you will have the brain cell, but the <laughs> one brain cell is only Paris Hilton knowledge. <laughs> My brain only is full of Paris Hilton knowledge, and I refuse to put anything else in there. <laughs> There's no other space. Where else would you put it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I realized last time we didn't plug our socials. Like I said before, we have a Gmail, two goals, one brain cell, a gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is also two goals, one brain cell. And our Twitter is two goals, one brain because the cell made it too long. <laughs> and with all of them, it's the number two and the number one. Yes. Go follow us. Keep Keep in touch with our... Endeavors will be posting screenshots and other exciting things from the movies that we're watching. Yeah, and we have a big list of movies we're planning to doing, but we're always open to requests. And if you guys have any thoughts that we didn't address about the movies we talk about, we'd love to hear them. Mm-hmm. All right, remember, it's not over to the Wilhelm screams. Bye, T-Bone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>